0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby. I'm looking at some artwork by Wojtek Rajeltski that is uh, actually kind of amazing. looks like a drone shot or or really telephotoed in from an extremely high vantage point over a uh, European pine forest, maybe, I guess. And there's some fog rolling through. It's very... uh, Reminiscent of that scene from Lord of the Rings where the Ghost Army comes out. Anyway. Um, Weird day, dude. Okay, so it rained a lot yesterday, like half an inch. And then in the night, it continued to rain. Like I woke up at some point with more rain. And uh, then this morning, early, the sprinkler kicked on and I actually jumped out of bed to turn it off. Um, I need to put them on rain delay too while I'm still aware of it and conscious and awake. I should go out there and put the rain delay on because it's just been amazing how much it's rained. We've been very fortunate. Well, um, what do they call it? Establishing our new plants. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe been we, maybe we've got an inch of rain total since planting this garden and it's like, wow, that really helps. You know what I mean? That pretty much buys you a couple days after each instance uh, of not watering. So that's cool. Uh, We also went on a scooter ride, and I saw a really cool pavilion that was basically a bathroom and, like, garage for the parks department by some tennis courts, and it was put together with some interestingly thin profile um, tube steel construction basically, it was it was cool. Metal roofed. Uh, it was a pavilion, so it is what it is, you know, but I just like that style of construction, that utilitarian, um, institutional vibe. And Casey and I had a talk on our scooters, because it had been wet and muddy, and some stuff happens when it's red, wet and muddy here. A few parts of the trail flood, The geese tend to hide under the bridges, and uh, they poop a lot under the bridges after it rains or during the rain. So when you're coming through, it's like sludgy and stinky. And uh, then a few spots just don't drain well, so like I said, they flood, but there's also large clumps of wet grass residue. Okay, now I'm looking at some art by Jacob Newell. Photo by Jacob Newell. That looks like it could almost be Colorado, but... Some thistle, a hillside of white thistle. Um, or almost gay flower, gay feather. Yeah, I guess that's gay feather. And then another mountain range, and then the distance, a giant peak covered in snow. Uh, that's a nice photograph, Jacob. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, it was wet, wet scooter ride. It just made us think like. Casey should. I'm trying to push Casey into getting a, a cargo bike because I feel I would feel safer as a pair if she had larger wheels, even still than I did, and I, like a safer, more uh, dispersed center of gravity. You know what I mean? And larger wheels have been the biggest deal with my new scooter, and so. Casey was riding the scooter that I had fixed today, and it has kind of a... One of the tires is kind of bald, and it's annoying to have to fix those tires. And the, I don't know. They're just less than ideal in uh, wet conditions. So, we were talking about cargo bikes, and we were watching people come by on their electric bikes. We saw, if I had to guess, I would say at least a half a dozen rad electric... Rad electric bikes. I think that those are maybe from those are American. They're from, I don't know, Arizona or something like Nevada, maybe they're not, they're somewhat local. Um, And while we were talking about this, we saw that there is a state rebate program opening up next month or in next week, basically. And they're going to do applications where you are then either approved or denied to go into the pool based on household income uh, after they evaluate like your proof of income, etc., which I think is kind of insane to do for household income. That's kind of crazy. We'll talk more about that in a second. But yeah, then they uh, randomly select from that pool and then award vouchers, which you can take to Participating e-bike retailers, and if you're middle income, and it's like there's a three hundred dollar cargo bike bonus, there's a one hundred dollar accessories bonus, and then there's like a five hundred dollar total credit or credit before those things. So you can get like nine hundred dollars if you are a medium income, which I think was like eighty thousand dollars was one of the limits. You know what I mean? And then the other one was lower income and that went up to like $1,500 for those same categories. So that'd be kind of crazy to apply uh, and to be awarded that. But if there's anything I know is that Colorado, anywhere that does those e-bike incentive voucher programs sells out like immediately. And this is something we're seeing in large with all electric vehicles. You're going to have a disproportionate distribution of them in... uh, centralized places that do the best rebates so that's why I saw like half a dozen ratty bikes around here today you know what I mean like they're going to ship more of them to Colorado because now all of a sudden um, low and middle income households my only problem with that is something that we've learned from Vienna and their housing uh, policies is it's and same with Helsinki etc don't tie things to income level I think America is so obsessed with income that they won't give upper middle class people tax rebates to get an e-bike. And it's like, I don't know, man, it would help all society. And it would especially help society if it weren't stigmatized as something for poor people. So I don't know. Not that they, I, I can see the case for and against it, but I just think that they're also adding this whole barrier to get people out of cars which is, oh, we're gonna do a lottery based on qualifications, and we're gonna make you jump through hoops. I think it should just be e-bikes are cheaper here. And you have you can maybe bring your ID and you go into a registry of people who've already claimed it or something like that. Or you just have to fill out a paperwork and they, they file it for you at the store. Anyway, um, Yeah, Casey and I also are watching JFK, the Oliver Stone movie. We're we're about halfway through it, and it's pretty absurd. Star-studded cast, of course, but uh, specifically Joe Pesci's character is disgusting. His hair and makeup is ridiculous. His performance is uh, lamb chop. Is that a thing? His performance is lamb chop as hell. Gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird movie. If even though half of the stuff is true about it, I believe them. Like, they could have fabricated 50% of the conspiracy type stuff referenced in this movie. And um, that would be fine. You know what I mean? It's pretty wild. Anyway, oh, we had a salad today. We made leftover salad from yesterday's salad mixed with new ingredients as well. So it was kind of spruced up. Like, it had some snow peas in it and um, actually a little bit of potato salad as well. So we had layers to it. And that was pretty good. We've been, very, we've been very healthy people doing laundry and all that kind of stuff, dude. Chill day. Um... Just learning about JFK. Dude, that's a crazy thing, too, is like a movie. We were talking the other day about Jackie, which we saw at the Savannah Film Festival. Jackie was a movie that started with the assassination. And then was about the aftermath of the assassination from the perspective of Jackie Kennedy. Well, this movie is about the investigation into into the assassination. So, in the same way, it starts with a montage that ends with Kennedy's assassination and then it goes into the other, the immediate aftermath is the opening scenes basically. And uh, that's that's weird, isn't it? So what are you gonna do? Anyway, the, oh and final update, and then I'm gonna go. The garden is looking good. Our xeric uh, native plants have been doing well they are, it's crazy. They really only do want to be watered while you are establishing them. I realize this is kind of circular because I started talking about watering in the morning and the rain, but you get kind of worried that they're going to get overwatered or over nutrients and that they want like worse soil or better support. I, I recently watched a seminar where the guy was like, saying, oh, you don't want to have a collection of plants. You want to have communities of plants. Because if you do, some plants use the ones next to them to stand straighter up. And if you put them just 18 inches apart from one another with nothing between them, they will uh, fall over or they'll, they'll grow wrong. They'll look slumpy. And I don't know, that kind of made me self-conscious because we've done that to an extent. But then what I think about is like, well, we we focused on rocks. It's a rock garden with these flowers softening it. And then when you look at our... There's a couple plants. A Russian sage that we planted, I think, last year, according to Casey. This being its second grow season, it has really taken off. And I think they would say... um, perennials are supposed to really take off in their third year, supposedly, and that's the second year for this one. But similarly, this early season, we planted a hyssop in our new rock garden, and that now we've planted two more, uh, like last week or whatever, and the hyssop has grown a ton this year it's turned into almost a, a shrub or a bush uh, but still distinctly a flower in a perennial it's wide you can see through it it's not really a shrub i guess it's not thick enough but it's the it's a medium or large i don't know it's that size right it's like four foot tall three foot tall supposedly hyssops are uh short-lived so i don't know what that will translate to but i was saying to casey in the same vain. Like if we wanted to do a barrier of hyssop and pestiment and salvia and these sun loving, rocky, non water loving plants, and they are kind of short lived or something, we could just supplement them, I guess, over the years, like one dies, replace it with two. And if you get a few years out of them, that'll fill in really nice. But that all being said, and it's like, they were transplanted in the heat of summer and then we've had this few days of rain shower dispersed with our well-advised watering techniques and it seems to be that like I I was also a little bit worried about getting flowers that were about to flower about to bloom like you could see the um, nubs forming in the flowers and those were the ones that we would leave in place but in the nursery pots for a day or two and then plant them in full 95 degree heat and i don't know there's also this element of they're mostly full sun loving plants but we're putting them along a roadside with partial shade and i think the mixture of being near the heat island of the road but also getting the hottest uh west afternoon sunlight at this altitude, it kind of makes sense. I mean, they yeah, they're full sun, but like they get enough sun, I think. And I I was a little worried about that. I was a little worried about the excessive rain or the heat, but the cone flower we have, the, uh, Gallardia that we have, the chocolate flower that we have, everyone that I can really remember the name of has bloomed well. Has bloomed well like is creating multiple flowers of different colors and when it's not raining the bugs and the hummingbirds seem to routinely be around them oh also we used pesticides right that oh, was another thing like we did actually spray roundup see here comes some creep some weirdos in a, in a red subaru that slowly passed by anyway The garden's looking good, despite all of these things, and I really think it's just you have to give them water more than they would otherwise like while they're being established. And I just hope that the community element that that guy referenced, like, I know what he meant, but I think that we've filled in a lot with rocks, and there's really only, like, 40% of the plants that I kind of worry about how they're going to react with in the community sense that they have enough room to even be thinking of or lacking the community and then I wonder well how will they fill in like how do they reproduce next year will it be more will it be twice the size like the hyssops I could see next year them all being like twice the size and it'd be like yeah, where would you plant another one they'd be too dense or maybe not maybe that density would be really cool with the hyssop Like you see that a lot with salvia, penstemon, you see a lot with lupine, that density. I can tell with our neighbors, Russian sage and other people around here with Russian sage, when you see it, you are like, oh, they planted four of them, five of them. And then three years later, it is almost a purple hedge in certain times of the summer. And that's cool. You know, I think that in the couple places we've put Russian sage or other kinds of sage, it'll look like that in a year or two. It'll be bigger. All of it will. Anyway. It's going well, despite the rain and the hail. Thank you very much. Come again tomorrow.